All right. Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to Gay Men Going Deeper, a podcast series by the Gay Men's Brotherhood, where we talk about all things personal development, sexuality, and mental health. Your hosts today are Michael, Matt, and myself, Callan. And collectively, we have over 40 years of experience in the personal development world. And if this is your first time listening to us, then we want to welcome you. We each have our own coaching practices, but in this podcast, we're giving all of our good stuff away to you. Today, we're going to be talking about heartbreak and breakups. Oh, this is going to be such a good topic. (laughs) And we're going to be exploring questions like, what is your hardest breakup and why? Uh, What do you need when you go through a breakup and how do you usually manage it? Um, What have been some of the biggest life lessons you've learned through a breakup? And looking back, what are you grateful for about your past dating experiences? So it's going to be a juicy one. We'll continue these discussions on the last Thursday of every month in the Gay Men's Brotherhood group Zoom Hangouts, where you'll have your chance to share your experiences. This podcast and YouTube channel is listener and viewer supported. If you really enjoy what what we're creating, you can support us by heading on over to our Patreon page in the show notes and contributing to the help support the show or subscribe to the early access on Apple Podcasts and gain early access to episodes. It helps us to continue making content for you and supporting our community, and we thank you in advance. Also, the Gay Men Going Deeper membership doors are open, and next month in April, we will be launching our brand new course all about relationships, which we are so excited to be doing for all of you, uh, that will be included inside the membership access. So if you are already a member, you're going to get access, or if you join, you're going to get access to that course. If you've been waiting to join more group Zooms and you want to go deeper with your personal development journey, please come and join us. Just head on over to GayMenGoingDeeper.com and register today. Now, let's jump into today's episode. But first, I want to read a review from one of our listeners. So Dylan says, this is some great stuff. Thank each of you for sharing these genuine parts of yourself because all of y'all are making an impact. And you are helping me through my personal journey. Blessings. Oh, thank you so much, Dylan. That is so sweet. So heartbreak and breakups. This is going to be a big, juicy, juicy topic that we're going to talk about. So first, we're going to jump into what was your hardest breakup and why? Oh, man. Okay, so... For me, breakups, it's not been a major huge thing. I've had two what I would call significant relationships in my life. I've had my first ex, which was which is probably what I'm going to dive into the most. And then I had another ex many years later. So there was like a good amount of space in between. And I learned a lot about myself. And then I learned a lot about myself in that relationship. But um, my hardest breakup was definitely my first breakup because mine was one of those blindsiders where I had no idea it was coming and they were just like, okay, bye. Um, so it was really difficult. I was only 23. Um, you know, he's an amazing person and like, I still think fondly of him. He's still a great person, but I was 23. We'd been dating for almost a year. We were coming up on our one year anniversary. And so I'm just like over at his house and I'm getting ready to go to choir and like nothing's out of the ordinary, like literally nothing is out of the ordinary. And I'm sitting there and like, I'm literally just about ready to walk out the door and he's sitting on the couch and he just looks at me. He's like, I think, I think I need to take a break. I think we need to take a break. And I was just like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Like, where is this coming from? Because we'd always been at like a really good at communicating relationship couple and like like we talked about things we were both very like spiritually opened and aligned and so I was just like there's nothing we ever fought about like we would disagree and we would talk through things but there was nothing that ever came up and so and it kind of like he didn't really give me a reason reason it was more like well I think the reason was like I was looking at it like possibly like talking about eventually moving in together because like it had been a year and I lived like way in the suburbs and he lived downtown and he was a flight attendant and so he was away all the time and so like it was really like logistically harder to see each other 
And I was just like, yeah, like that's something we could move towards. And once that conversation started coming up, I think that that is what gave him like super cold feet. And it was just like blindsiding. And so that's definitely hundred percent the hardest breakup I ever had to go through because I went and I was kind of like in shock and I just left. <clears throat> and then I went to choir and I'm sitting there and I'm like in shock. And like, everybody's like, are you okay? Cause they know me as like more of a bubbly, like fun. Hey, how's it going? And then I, they tried singing and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> and I just stood up and walked out and everybody's like, this is like a room full of a hundred gay men. And everybody's like, what the fuck? And I just left, I got in my car and I called my mom as like, I'm coming over. And she's like, okay, are you all right? It's like, I'm coming over. And I just go over there. And I don't even really tell her any, I just like start bawling and I just like bawled, like fell into her lap and I just like cried and cried and cried. And that's all I really remember from that. Um, I do remember being like, I can't just have it be that, like I can't just have all of that and then just have it end. And so I was like, I need closure to, for myself. And so maybe like a month later I went over um, cause I was like, we need to talk about this. And then we talked about it. And I remember getting so mad at him because he hadn't cried yet. Cause I like asked him, I was like, have you even cried? And he's like, no. And I was like, part of me is like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, and that's awful and judgmental of me, but I was like, what the fuck? Like we're together for almost a year. And like, we're, I thought building life together. And like, you didn't even like, <laughs> I was like, okay. Um, and so then I left, but I had left my charger at his place because I had been charging my phone when I was there. And then so I texted, I was like, fuck, I need to go up and see him again. Um, and so then I went up and like we had already done like a good, like we're like, okay, let's just have a goodbye kiss. Let's just like seal this off. And like it, the conversation went up and down, but like it ended on a high note. So I'm like, okay, let's just leave it. And then when I go up to get my charger, his like eyes are all red and he's like, so like he had finally cried and I was just like okay well obviously something unclicked for you or whatever but that was probably the hardest breakup that I've experienced um yeah that definitely and that like nothing will prepare you for it nothing does prepare you for it and you don't know how you're gonna act or how the other person's gonna act and it's just like it is what it is sometimes so I'm curious what about you guys let's start off with Michael, because I know Matt's going to have a lot to say on this. So I want to hear what Michael has to say. And then when we get to Matt. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, yeah, I could uh, I could talk about this for a while, too, but I don't really want to. So I'll, I'll say, you know, I've had uh, five long term relationships. My shortest relationship was a year. So I've dated or I've been with five guys. I've had to break up five times. In fact, with one guy, we had to break up three times. So I think he's the one that would be the hardest for me because we were together on and off, on and off, on and off, ultimately off. Um, and I think of those, the the second the second one was the hardest. Um, this was someone that, looking back now, I think one of the reasons why it was so hard for me was because as much as as much love as I had for him, a lot of it was also attachment on my part. I was very uh, attached to him, and I I needed him in perhaps ways that maybe weren't healthy. And so when he cut it off and it was, he, he broke up with me, it was over a text the second time. Uh, and basically just said, that said, I'm done. Bye. Don't ever call me again. Blocked me, everything. And like to just someone that you're attached to like that, when they just cut you off like that, it triggers all of the things, right? Abandonment, fear, anxiety. I had like separation anxiety. I went into a spiral. I went into a really deep spiral. I, I guess I didn't know how attached I was to him. Um, and again, I, I did love him. Like I did genuinely love him. I just think it was really muddled up in there. But for me, I went in, that was Thanksgiving. It was Thanksgiving Monday. He broke up with me. And I, for the next three months, I went into a very deep, dark place. I disconnected from, I pretty much withdrew from the world, right? I was obsessed with trying to contact him. I called him. I tried everything to find him. This was before uh, Instagram and all that, or he didn't have social media rather. So he had blocked my number. I went to his place of work even to try to talk to him. And like, I was trying everything to see him again, to get that, to get, 
I would say at the time I wanted closure, but really what I wanted was to try again and like convince him to stay and like beg him to stay with me. Um, but yeah, it was really hard for me. I, I, I had decided on him, you know, I, he's the kind of guy that when we first met, it was what you'd call love at first sight, you know, that, that movie Hollywood style. I saw him immediately, our eyes clicked and like, I just was like, yep, him. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so we had that kind of beautiful love story. We got together over Christmas. It was really romantic. We had all those high highs, all those kind of things you'd expect of a you know traditional romantic love story, which I love. Um, but yeah, when it ended so abruptly, it, it really triggered a lot of things in me. And I think, what did I say it was Thanksgiving? So at Christmas, that same year at Christmas, I, I was very in a very deep, dark place. I had lost about 15 pounds. I wasn't seeing my friends. I was basically just barely making it at work. Like I was calling in sick all the time. I, luckily I had a good boss who gave me a, like some chances and covered for me, but I, like I said, I withdrew from the world and I had a really hard time. It wasn't until that New Year's Eve that I decided, okay, Michael, that's it. Enough is enough. Um, and I decided to dedicate the next year to like making myself stronger and better and recovering and healing from it. But yeah, I think it was the hardest because of the attachment. Like I needed him. Like it was a desperate need. It was, it was like, if he wasn't there to fulfill all those needs I had, I, I couldn't find it within. Like this was before I had that ability to meet my own needs, the ability to have other connections that met them. I put all of my eggs in, his, in the him basket and so when, when he disappeared, it was so disempowering for me. Like it just, he took everything, all of my satisfaction with him and didn't give me a chance to talk, didn't give me a chance to do anything. I, I really hadn't heard from him until three years later. Um, so I had to deal with that on my own. So that was, that was definitely the hardest uh, for me. And I, I'll talk about him a bit more in the other questions. But for now, I'm curious to know what Matt's hardest most challenging breakup was about mm. <sighs> yeah I'm gonna just acknowledge I'm feeling already emotional <laughs> um, just listening to you guys um, <clears throat> yeah I was excited to talk about this <laughs> this topic because I just knew that it was going to bring up a lot of juicy stuff um, we, we, we planned this, this topic two weeks ago. <laughs> so I've had two weeks to kind of stew on all this stuff and it's been bringing up ugh, just all the stuff. And I've been working on this stuff for the last year, very, very deeply. Um, and I feel like I have so much more awareness around all this stuff. And um, so, yeah, I'll share, I'm going to take a bit of a different spin on this. Um, instead of talking about relationships or a specific relationship, I want to talk about how I was molded into showing up into, into relationships that were creating heartbreak. And um, <sighs> this is not going to be easy. When I started to think about what I wanted to talk about, I thought about my very first heartbreak, which was my father and him leaving when I was about nine. And uh, it was very traumatic for me. Um, I've been working on healing this for pretty much my whole life. Um, and the reason why I wanted to share that is because this has had a huge impact on how I show up in relationships and how I, I guard myself and hold myself back, um, in relationships and every single one of my relationships, I has been really hard, um, very, very challenging, very messy, um, because I've been so terrified 
of being abandoned and uh, every single one of my relationships I've ended as soon as it starts to get a little bit challenging or or um, anything like that I just I peace out and um, yeah like I, I can think of so many different instances where I led my with this fear with this really really deeply ingrained fear and um I finally feel like in the last um the last I would say year I've done a lot of work in this area and I've had a lot of conversations with my father who I have a good relationship with him now but it's taken pretty much like my whole life really since he left uh, to work on this and to get to a place where I can um, forgive him and forgive my mom and kind of get to this place where I can um, truly let go and I think part of my emotion is sadness but part of my emotion that I'm experiencing is like like relief like I feel like I've finally made some really big strides in this area um, where I can not be so controlled by this fear of being being left or being abandoned um it, it, it this reminds me of uh probably the hardest breakup for me was uh with this guy that I was with I was with him for two years and it was just it was the most tumultuous relationship that I had ever been in but there was also a lot of joy and a lot of beauty in it and um, I just could see how much he loved me like he just was head over heels for me and I just didn't know how to receive love I had no clue how to receive love um, as soon as somebody would come close to me and they would want to love me I would freak out I would panic and I would push them away and um and it's almost like looking back like I, I see now like how much I hurt so many people because I was hurting and it really is like this whole notion of like hurt people hurt people like I didn't like, I didn't know how to to um, be secure in love because I hadn't healed this this really significant attachment trauma that I experienced when I was a kid and um, so I remember I was with this guy for two years and I was living in Vancouver at the time and things got just way too intense for me. And I called a U-Haul, booked a U-Haul and with a two week window and sat him down that night and told him that I was leaving. I was going to go back to Calgary. And um, he was just super hurt. And, and um, I got, got back to Calgary. It was a really awkward thing. He actually helped me pack up. And then I got back to Calgary and then within like a week I had called him and, and ended it because I feel like I just couldn't do it. And I think the, the, the lesson in the, all this was I just, I, I had to heal. I had to do a lot of deep work to get to the bottom of this, this attachment trauma that I had so I could, so I could sh start showing up in love um, without so much fear. So, <sighs> Wow. Yeah, my heart stopped like pounding super rapidly. So anyway, thanks for, for holding space for that. Because yeah, that was not easy. I could feel it coming. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'll leave it there for now. Yeah. Oh, well, I knew today was mm -hmm. going to be a heavy topic. Because yeah. mm -hmm. everybody out there listening as well or watching, like we all, like a lot of us know, even if it's not romantic and you've not had a romantic experience yet, like you've not had... A boyfriend or a significant other or partner or anything like that we've all experienced heartbreak in many different ways it doesn't have to be this romantic tangible thing it can be this thing where it's just like you know somebody passes away in your life and they mean so much to you and it's like that can create heartbreak and like the of going through that heartbreak and the attachment styles of like you know being abandoned and feeling that abandonment that creates a heartbreak and I know because I felt that myself and my dad was still there, but I felt abandoned. I felt abandoned within the relationship because it was just like, oh, I'm picking this other person over you. And you're just this other person who has to live in this house because you're a child and I have to put up with you. And so it was this like emotional abandonment of like, I'm an island all by myself. Like I'm surrounded by people, but I'm alone. Mm -hmm. um, 
So yeah, I felt that. So thank you for mm. opening up and sharing mm. uh, that little bit with us. I actually wrote something down when Michael, when you were talking about your relationship, because something came up for me with my first relationship and it, it, a lot of that abandonment stuff that you were just talking about, Matt, it was in mine because that's literally what happened. Like snap, like instantaneously abandoned. I was like, okay, this is happening again. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough again. Um, but I was almost like using my ex, pardon me, um, as like my measuring stick of how attractive I thought I could be. No, that doesn't sound right. I was using him because I thought he was so insanely beautiful, like beyond my like grasps. And it was like, Michael, like the, like I saw him from across the room at a club and I was like, that's going to be my first boyfriend. And I looked at my friend. I was like, that's going to be my first boyfriend. She's like, you haven't even met this guy. And then he was my first boyfriend. <laughs> um, so that energy was there, but like, I was almost using him as the measuring stick of like, wow, he's so attractive. He's so amazing. He's so handsome. That must mean I'm those things as well because why he wouldn't be with me otherwise. And so when we broke up, it was almost like that was taken away. It was like, oh, maybe it was a lie. Maybe I'm not all of those things because I hadn't learned the language that we all now share. And I haven't hadn't learned all these things about myself that I was using that as my measuring stick and being like, well, if he doesn't think I'm these things, then I must not be these things. And that it was just like, it was fake the whole time. And like, he was just, because he also broke up with me. So it was like, he must've been faking it the whole time. Um, so yeah, I was like, I was detaching my worthiness to the relationship of being like, okay, well, if he thinks I'm worthy, then I can be worthy. And I think that there is a gray space in there, a messiness in there in regards to relationships where it's just like, yes, you need to work on yourself and, you, and, and go on your journey and figure out your own things. But I do also think that there's huge value in other people supporting you through that and loving you through that so that they help teach you and they show you the mirror of like well I can love you you can learn to love yourself and it, it comes at two sides so it's not like one comes before the other or there's no right or wrong way to do it but I think that this combination between those two things of like learning the language of loving yourself and getting there and then you can still also use other people to help you figure that out as you go along um so that was the first hardest breakups. Now I want to talk about what do you need when you go through a breakup and how do you usually manage it? Because for me, I am a cold turkey, don't talk to me, I need my space kind of a person. Um, even though that first breakup was hard and it was very like out of the blue, I knew enough about myself to go, okay, I need to process this. I need time to think about this. I still knew we needed to at least have some sort of a talk, some sort of a closure. And like, we needed to be adults. And I knew we were enough of adults to have that. Um, but I was like, no, I need this space in this time. Otherwise I'm going to be either super angry and carry this with me forever. Or like, there's going to be shit that I carry around forever because I've not, you know, talked through it. Um, but with my second relationship, this is when I really learned that that's what I need. I can't be one of these, like, let's be best friends and continue talking and continue seeing each other type of people. Like, I, I, I can't do that because it just, it commingles too many emotions that are still too confusing. And I think that that space is really important for me to kind of sift through those emotions and see where things land so that if and when things do come back around in, in if that's a friendship or whatever, that I can know who I am in that space. And so with my second ex, um, he had like chased me like insane amount. This is when I lived in Dubai, he super chased me. And it had been a long time since I'd been with somebody and he was, he was really cute. He was handsome, nice guy, like great job. Like checked all the boxes. There wasn't that first initial spark that I had had with my first ex, like of like, oh my God, that's the one. But I was like, but there's different types of love and there's different ways to experience love. And so I was like, maybe this is one of those like slow burners where it's like, it's on the back burner and it's only on like a one or two degrees right now. And then slowly over time, it's going to get like, it's going to get better. Um, and so it did it like little by little, it started heating up and, and developing until like, I knew that he was going to be leaving Dubai to go for work to New York. And I was like, well, I'm not going to leave my job. And like, we've only been together for a couple of months. Like, so a lot of stuff kind of came up and I got to a point where it was a month before he was leaving. And I was like, he's not going to break up with me. He's just going to leave. Like he's, 
he chased me. He wanted all of these things. Now he's the one who's getting cold feet and he's the one who's fucking off. Like, <sighs> so I had to end things and be like, look, we are breaking up officially. We can't talk. We can't hang out. Cause he was also a codependent in the sense, like he wanted to continue that, like, as if it was just a friendship and it just had fizzled. And I was like, I cannot do that. If I want, if you want me to be in your life, we're going to have to take space. And I knew he was leaving on a flight. So I was like, we're going to take this month so that I can kind of grieve this relationship and like process the emotions I have. And then we can come together like one last time or whatever before you leave so that we can like leave on good terms. Um, so then that ended up happening. But like I learned from my first relationship, like this is what I need. And then in that second relationship, that's what I really learned that I was like, it's important for me to take that time and space and mental space to process those things. And like now, if that were to happen, I would also like have like my therapist be a part of that journey of like unpacking things. So then I can be happy because we're also not always going to get that closure, right? Like sometimes people just do whatever they want. And so it's important to learn how to be in that space of that uncomfortable feeling because people always want to run away from those uncomfortable feelings, but we need to be able to learn how to sit with those feelings because they're not going to just go away. And that's one of the things that I learned through my relationships is that after they end, like what I need in that process. So I'm curious, um, what about, what about you, Michael? How do you manage and how do you, what do you need after those breakups? Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I think what you said, rings very true about, you know, wanting to get out of the emotion, right? Because none of these, none of the emotions that come from a breakup really feel good. <laughs> Abandonment, loneliness, fear, anxiety, all the things, right? And guilt, sometimes regret. Um, so it's, it's hard for me to answer this because when I look back, I can answer what I've done previously, but I think today I'm a, I'm a different person. I would handle it differently. Um, but I want to start by saying that the kind of like surface level things that really helped me, and I think they would even help me today, which would be when I, I feel very thoroughly and I feel very deeply when I do feel right. So for me, if I'm going through pain or heartbreak, like I need to really feel it. Like I'm not one of those people who wants to numb. I'm like, no, let me go into the pain. Like there's almost, it almost feels good to, to go there. So I will put together a breakup playlist, <laughs> all of my saddest songs that just make me cry and I just cry it out and I just be and I'm just sad now today I would say that I would let myself but like give myself the grace of, of having those emotions but back then I didn't I didn't know that that's what I was doing I think I just I think it just felt good to acknowledge the sadness I didn't I didn't have the language I have today around it so I would say you know I would probably still do that today just you know have have my go-to songs that just make me cry and make me feel because sometimes I don't have the words or I don't have the the you know, I don't know what to say, but there's a lot of songs about love and breakups out there, my friends, and they seem to have a way to get me to cry it out. So I let myself mourn and I let myself be dramatic about it. If that's the case, like, yes, I'm going to be, I'm going to be that sad sack of a friend who's going through a breakup and I'm just going to let myself go there. Uh, you know, yes, I rely on, on my friends to listen. Uh, I have friends who are the kind who will let me. And then I have the friends who are the kind to say, listen, bitch, enough is enough. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta move on. Um, luckily I have both. So, you know, I'm thinking for that, for the breakup that I was talking about earlier, for me, it was Sam Smith. Uh, his album had come out just at that time. I forget which one it is, but the one with all the sad songs uh, it had come out at the right time. So it was perfect. So Sam Smith was the soundtrack to my breakup at the time. You know, Adele, all those, all those kinds of people. Taylor Swift has a lot of good ones too. So at the surface level, I would say a good soundtrack helps me really process the emotions and process the pain, letting myself cry. Um, as always, writing. I can't tell you the amount of uh, breakup letters or love letters I had wrote to, to that ex because, like I said, he, he cut me off cold turkey. I had no way to talk to him. So the only form I had is to like just write these. I have paid, like it's, it's almost ridiculous how many pages of journals I have that are just telling him how much I love him, how much I miss him and how sorry, I'm. like it just goes on and on, but it needs to come out. Right. Like, you know, like you said, Callum, we don't, we don't always get closure. Like that's, there's no guarantee that that's going to happen. So we have to find a way to create it within ourselves. And because I was so attached to him, I, I needed something to, to get that out of me. So I think that helps, uh, you know, music helps. And then on the other side of it, so on the flip side of it, so I said, I feel very deeply, very, very thoroughly. Right. 
and I do, I, I go hard and fast and then I go hard and fast the other way. Then all of a sudden something happens and all of a sudden I'm like, okay, bitch, I'm done. Like I'm coming back. Phoenix rising from the ashes vibes, pop diva playlist comes on. And then I'm like in that vibe where it's like, okay, you know, show me love and you know, all that lady Gaga, good stuff. And, and whatever it is that, that makes me feel empowered and confident. I use that to kind of bring myself back. You know, I go back to the gym. I start focusing on me. I go very much into like a, a, a pop diva, you know, confidence kind of playlist uh, but that that permeates in, in my whole life. Like I start doing things for me. I I go on vacations. I I just do things that are fun. I go back and I focus on my friends again, and I kind of get out of that withdrawal. And that really helps me too. And you know, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I will say that sometimes the casual sex and fun and hookups is exactly what I needed. Like, you know, I it, sometimes you just you know you need to you get back on the horse, as they say, uh, after a certain amount of time where, you know, I, I was ready to, it felt good to get that out there and remind myself, there are other people out there. It's not just this one, this, like, I shouldn't put all my eggs in this basket. And yes, even if, you know, these things were not relationship material, it's still nice to kind of have that uh, sense of putting myself back out there, having the fun, you know, that really helped me in the past. Again, today, I, I don't know, like I'm, I'm with a partner now and we, we haven't broken up. So that might be very different. I will say this, so I want to add something with the, that guy, I don't want to say his name. He, so I told you, we got back together. We broke up three times. So the second breakup was the hard breakup, right? We got back together after that. So after all that, after three years, we got back together which is, you know, for anyone out there who wants to get back together with their ex, I always, I always say like, I don't want to tell you the story because I'm the guy who did get back together with his ex. And then we broke up again. This third breakup was a completely different story because I had gone through such a shift in who I was. And it, it, it really tells the tale of the two Michaels, like the Michael before and the Michael after. Like the same thing happened. He broke up with me and I handled it in a completely different way. I was sad, I mourned, I grieved all the things, but it, it didn't, it didn't like empty me of, of who I was. Like I was still me at the end of the day, like I still had myself to lean on and I could still have my own back. I stand and my friends as well. I don't want to discount them and family uh, and yes, therapy, right there. Like, but it didn't devastate me the, the same way the first one did. So it's an interesting shift. What happens with the same breakup or not the same breakup, the same guy and, and a breakup, how, how it can shift after you've done that work. And after you've really learned how to uh, meet your own needs and, and fend or not fend for yourself. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like validate your, validate your own emotions and then understand yourself. So, yeah, uh, I'd say, you know, for me, music is the key in writing uh, at the surface level, but also, listening to your emotions and just letting yourself go there. Cry it out. I love a good, ugly cry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I pretty much relate to everything you just shared, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm right in those vibes. I've had, um, I've had five relationships, five long-term relationships. And after every single one of them, I've always needed to grieve. Um, because I'm always just a total mess after them. So I just like, I can't even go into another relationship or even actually thinking about back on it. Like I, I didn't even really have much sex after relationships. Like I really just go into this incubation period where I need to like really grieve everything and process the relationship. And then, um, which I'm grateful for that actually, because I think having compounded grief, oh man, I just could never do it. Um, I'm way too sensitive for that. It would just like live inside me and um, so taking that time, I think is so, so crucial, um, in order for me to be able to, um, prepare and, and get into the next relationship. Um, there was something that you had said, Callan, in the original question. Oh, clean cut or cold Turkey. That's what it was. Um, so yeah, out of five relationships, uh, my first one was eight years and then all after that well that the one after that was two and then one 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 years um and the first i i, I didn't 
the first four, I did not talk to them after. So I needed, I needed cold Turkey, clean cut. See you later. I never spoke to any of them ever again. Um, and then I was, I was called to come back to Vancouver, even though the very first time I lived in the city, I didn't really like it, but there was an energetic connection. I needed to come back to Vancouver. So when I left Asia, I came back, had a quick pit stop in Calgary, and then I head to Vancouver. I was there for uh, just over a year. And um, I was dating um, Ben, and um, he's the first person that I've ever remained in contact after we um, broke up. And I, for me, I look at it, at it as extreme progress and growth because I was never able to do that before. It was just way too intense for me. And I think um, now I, I pretty much talk to Ben like every few days and we have a really beautiful friendship and um, so much consciousness and we are continuing to grow and evolve in the relationship, um, challenging each other, you know, speaking and practicing authentic relating, um, doing all the things that we need to do to heal. So I think I've had the most healing out of any relationship with, with Ben and he knows that. So, and he's okay with me mentioning that on here, um, which I'm just so grateful for. And, um, but I did the, the guy that I dated when the, the first time I was in Vancouver, um, I actually reached out to him when I was in Vancouver and I hadn't spoken to him in five years and I reached out and I asked if he'd be willing to meet with me because I had been doing a ton of work and processing all my relationships and getting, you know, to kind of the heart of what was actually going on. The whole time I thought I was anxiously attached, didn't realize I was actually fearful, avoidant um, in my attachment style. And uh, it stemmed from my father and, and the relationship I had with him and the avoidance and the inconsistencies um, and, and all that. So anyways, he agreed to meet with me and uh, we connected in a park and we, um, I was able to share um, a lot of the stuff. I was able to apologize for a lot of the ways that I was showing up in the relationship. And it was almost like <clears throat> this really beautiful cord was just cut and like, it, it was, um, I don't know, it, it's something released. And then from that point, um, fascinating thing is from that point, my relationship with my dad just got better and better like every month. And my dad started reaching out to me and wanting to connect. And, you know, he had never really done that most of my life. And, um, and a really fascinating thing about that, about that relationship too, is that, that, that guy reminded me so much of my father. It was very, very paternal, that, that relationship. So it's just, it, it's so interesting how it's like my guides probably brought me into this relationship and stirred up all my daddy wounds <laughs> and I didn't process them, right? I pieced out, moved back to Calgary. I ran from it all. And then I ended up meeting Ben, who also brought up all my daddy stuff. It was like just the second chance of being able to work with it. And I did, I went to the heart of the matter and really got to the bottom of it and then released um, the cord with, with the other gentleman and um and then yeah and ever since i've had such a solid relationship with my dad like we talk every week and um it's been there's been just like a really nice improvement in that space and it's allowing me to feel more um confident and more secure in in relationships so i just want i really want to highlight to people that like you know our relationships with our caregivers our primary caregivers is going to be such an important um important like piece of information to understand how we relate to other people. And if, and if we did have, you know, an insecure attachment or attachment trauma with our caregivers, that does not mean that we can't move forward. And we don't even need them to move forward. We just need to do that healing, right? And we need to understand that, okay, shit, you know, I was, a, I, it's an exact replica of how I was showing up and the fears I was trying to prevent myself from having to experience again, that was causing me to not be able to move into intimacy and security in my relationship. So um, anyway, um, and I, I think that's why we do this work, right? Like we want to point like, these things out to people and, and allow people to understand and have this, uh, this awareness and this introspection, because it really is how we set ourselves free. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think um, that leads into the next question really well is, you know, what, <clears throat> what have been some of the biggest life lessons you've learned through heartbreak? And I think we've all just talked about a lot of it. Um, but one of the things that I've learned through heartbreak is that 
I've, I'm, I'm never going to know a hundred percent what the other person is thinking. I'm never going to know whether this relationship lasts forever or if it's going to end tomorrow. I'm never going to know all of those answers. And the more I date people and get to know people, the more at ease, I guess I am with that. And the more I can release this feeling of need because I've done the work on myself and I continue to do the work on myself of like not needing another person to be any specific thing for me, but to just love them for who they are and just be appreciative of the fact that they are sharing this part of their life with me. Um, and so heartbreak really taught me that it's like, I don't have that control as much as we want to control the relationships. Like Mike, we were talking about, like, you're like, I still love you. You can be with me. It's fine. I'll do all these things. I'll change. Like, like it's, it's two people like, man, like we don't have their consciousness. We don't have their life experience. We don't have all the stuff that's going on in their brains. And just like, we only know our perspective. And so Heartbreak has really helped me kind of see that up front and close and really personal. <laughs> and like, it was shitty and it hurt and it sucked, but it's kind of like, you know, when you have to go through something and like fail at it a bunch of times until you can just be like, oh yeah, well I do this all the time. And yeah, maybe I fail, but like it gets easier and it gets better. Um, and I feel like that's what I've kind of experienced with relationships that it's like, fuck, this really sucked, but I can like pull back a little bit and go, okay, yeah, let's process the stuff. Let's go through the crying. Let's do all the things, which I also didn't used to do. Um, and like, be like, okay, well, I'm grateful that I got to share this time with this person. I'm grateful that I've learned these lessons. I'm, you know, I'm happy that that was there. And without heartbreak, I never would have gone through those experiences and those journeys to learn that it's just like, I can only truly really do me. And I can't do anything else for anybody else other than show up as my authentic self. And the more I can do that, the more I allow them to show up as their authentic selves. And regardless if we're going to be together for our, the rest of our living life, or if it's just going to be a year or two, I, you know, it's allowed me to stop future tripping on that and just to engage with the relationship and enjoy it for what it is. Um, so that was kind of one of the biggest lessons that I've learned over time with heartbreak is that, you know, it's, enjoy the moment for what it is and don't hold on to what you want it to be at the end, because none of us really truly know what that adventure is going to look like. Um, and that, you know, embrace all of it for what it is. So I'm, I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say. So what about you, Michael? All right. <clears throat> well, I would say uh, I, I have four but I'm going to start with the, the kind of least important for me to the most important, at least for my experience. Uh, so one would be that there's always someone else out there. If there's anything I've learned, you know, when, when the break, when I'm in the breakup, when it's happening, the thought that really gets me uh, in, in a spiral is that's it. There's no one else. He's the only one. And that creates so much desperation and anxiety and stress and sadness. Like he's the one, like, you know, I, I couldn't stress enough how much I told everyone about it. No, but he's the one, like I decided on him. I was going to marry him. We had a whole plan. Like it was him, 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 him. And that creates such unnecessary uh, grief. Whereas what you said, Callan makes a lot more sense. Celebrate it for what it was, but yes, there's more. So remember I was saying how in the two breakups, there was a profound shift in me. And the first one, it was, it was, he was the only one. There's no one else out there for me. That was sort of the predominant feeling I had or belief system I had. The last time we broke up, I was like, this is just the beginning for me. In a way that was like, again, still sad, like, okay, I thought he was the one. Clearly, that's not the case. Like I didn't argue against him. I was like, all right, well, this this is clearly not meant to be um and then you know realizing okay well this was not the path i thought there's that con the control like i thought i i thought i could see the future i thought i knew what the future is going to hold apparently i was wrong universe wins again michael doesn't <laughs> seems to be a trend and so it's like okay well then there's something else out there for me like there's there's clearly someone else or something else like it's not meant to be so you know the lesson there is there is even not necessarily someone else but there is something else out there for you, whatever that is. So if you're going through a breakup right now and you have that belief, like this is sad because he's the only one or he's the best one or no one's going to love me like he did or whenever I'm never going to have that again. You know, that is such an un unhelpful thought to, to think it's, it's, 
you could celebrate it for what it was. Great. You're, you're right. Probably no one will be just like that, but that's not where you're going. Right. And that's, that's been one of the key lessons. The second one is that um, every, every breakup I've had uh, is gets me closer to knowing what I want. So the contrast, okay, so this one didn't work because of A, B, C, D. Okay, cool. Next one. Now, you know, now I know, now I know better. Okay. Now I know that I want this, 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 because that, that guy taught me all these wonderful things and so on and so forth. So the contrast uh, gives rise to the clarity to borrow from Abraham. Um, you know, not, not having something, or if it doesn't meet your needs in one way, then you can look for that in another way with the next one. So that's the second thing. The third thing is that I'm stronger than I give myself credit for. And this applies to everyone out there. We are all probably stronger than we give ourselves credit for. And there's nothing like a heartbreak where you're on the receiving end of it to prove that to you. Mm. You know, I've been on the, I've been on the end of heartbreaks or breakups where I'm the one breaking up with them. And it's still hard. It is just as hard in a different way. But when someone breaks up with you, it, for me, at least it felt so powerless and I didn't know what to do. I had, I, I just, I didn't have anything within myself. I did not see that it was already there. What I learned through that breakup was that, oh, I do have it within myself. I just needed to take the time to discover it. Um, and then the fourth and most important thing is how to love myself. And that kind of goes off the heels of that one. You know, with that, with that hard breakup, I learned, I mean, my, my ex, I will give him credit for this until the day I die. Him breaking up with me is what taught me, is what put me on this path that I'm on today because it was that event that got me to look in the mirror and say to myself, okay, Michael, this shit is not going to work. <laughs> this is not the rest of my life. We need to figure this out. We need to really get serious about your life here. What, what do you want? How do you, how do you want to live? And that's when I started finding self-help books. So that's when I started getting into spirituality and then that you know, led into personal development. All of a sudden I was on this path and this journey that I would have never been on had it not been for him. So I've learned how to heal. I've learned how to heal myself. And through that, now I can help others on their healing journey, which is what we all do as coaches, not necessarily healing, but, but development. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, those are, those are the, the things that I think have been the most uh, or the biggest lessons on my own journey. Mm. How about you, Matt? Thanks for sharing guys. Um, yeah, I fully resonate with everything you guys said. And um, it's interesting how all of ours are a little different, which is nice for the listener and viewer to kind of pick up on a bunch of different things. Um, I have three that I wrote down. Um, the first one is that um, I was attracting what I needed, not what I wanted. And I think that's an indication that the universe is trying to heal you. Uh, because you're trying to heal yourself, right? So we get what we need in order to heal. And I think for me, um, I, I had an undervalued self, you know, growing up experiencing abandonment, growing up gay, like just, I, I had low self-worth, um, let's call it what it is. And I didn't love myself. I didn't know how to receive love from another because I didn't love myself. And that's what I kept needing to attract. So I was attracting guys who were, um, probably similar to me actually. And they would come in and they really wanted to love me and I wouldn't allow them to, but then if I would open up, they would pull back. So I was experiencing what I experienced with my father, this fearful avoidant push pull kind of dance. And it was just, every time it happened to me, it was just stimulating my abandonment wound and it was allowing, it was wanting me to go and be with it. Um, so yeah, lots of stuff around worthiness has come up in all my relationships, uh, which is really fascinating. Um, the second one is when somebody shows you who they are, believe them, uh, because people are constantly showing you who, who they are and what we're doing, what our ego does actually, is it projects what we want them to be onto them. And we're living, we're trying to turn them into who we want them to be. I did that so many times in all my relationships. And then I'm like three months in, I'm like wondering, I'm like, why is this person not like what, you know, who, who I thought they were? Well, because I was just projecting my love fantasy onto them and they, they weren't taking it on. They're like, fuck what, who, this guy wants me to be what. Right. And uh, so through that learning, I, le I learned that everybody has shadows. You can never really fully 100% trust anybody. Okay. And that might be my trust issues coming up, but 
but I really believe that because people, you know, as soon as everybody has shadows and as soon as you stimulate somebody's shadow self, how they show up is going to be a hell of a lot different than they did when you were, when they were in their light body energy. Right. So I just think it's always, always have a secure home base. That's so important because it's like when somebody fucks off or when somebody doesn't show up the way you want them to, you need to be able to return home. And I think, you know, in this new course we're creating on relationships, we're, we're literally teaching how to have a strong relationship with yourself so you can have a strong relationship with others. It's just, you can't have one without the other. Um, and by, I want to preface that by saying that you don't need to be perfect either to be in a relationship because the universe is going to give you what you need too, right? So we can be unwhole, right? And go into a relationship and we can learn how to be whole by, by showing up in a relationship, not feeling whole. Um, so that was one of the things. Um, and the last one was don't stay in a relationship um, because you don't think you can do better. I did that so much. Um, I, again, it all stemmed from low self-worth. So I would choose a guy and he wouldn't be a good fit for me. And I would just stay in it because I didn't think that I could do better. And, um, and by better, I don't mean like, I'm not qualifying people. I'm just saying better for me, right. A better fit for me and my values and my, my lifestyle, um, the, what I, what I want. Um, and, and uh, as soon as I started to make those choices of getting out of relationships that weren't a good fit for me, um, it allowed me to kind of develop a worthiness, right? Because if I was choosing people and being with them because I had low self-worth, well, as soon as you end those relationships and try and find somebody that's a better fit, then it, uh, it usually brought me a, a greater sense of worthiness. So, yeah. Nice. You actually kind of said two things that fit perfectly into what I'm going to say next um, in regards to like looking back, what, what are you grateful for about the past, your past dating experiences? Mm -hmm. And um, one thing that you said was like, you know, don't project onto people like who you think they are and like make up these like love stories about them. Because that's definitely what I did with my first ex, because he was like the sweetest, kindest, nicest person that when I was getting to know him, I'm like, perfect, this will be great. Cause like, he's never gonna hurt me because he's so lovely. Like he couldn't even hurt a fly type stuff. So that when he literally ripped my heart out and broke my heart and broke up with me, I was like, but this is why I chose you. This is why I picked you so mm -hmm. that this wouldn't happen. <laughs> and so that's also why it was such a shock that it was just like, oh God. So yeah, like you can't, everybody's got their stuff. Like everybody has their stuff. And it's so true what you said, we do have to like, you know, be, like come back to ourselves and build ourselves up enough that we can, you know, not completely crumble to part, like to bits when something like that does happen, if and when it does happen. And then the other part of that is like, uh, that you said is like, yeah, we don't need to be complete human beings. Cause I think that it's part of being human that we're constantly learning about that. And we're constantly learning what that is. And it's not one of these like straight line journeys. It's one of these like you know, up plateau, dip, up plateau, dip. And it's like a constant up and down balance. And part of that is allowing other people to come in to show you those things, to be the mirrors for you so that you can love yourself deeper in different ways. Uh, I know that my first ex, um, you know, what I'm grateful about for that dating experience is that he did teach me how to love myself in so many different ways that I didn't think I was lovable because I had these abandonment issues from my dad but then I also had all these loving things from my mom trying to break the cycle of all that kind of shit so it was like these mixed messages but when I was with my first ex he really allowed me to love with those weird parts about myself and like he didn't have any like you know the weird quirks that I would think about or that I'd go crazy about he would like laugh he's like you're crazy like nobody else is thinking like that and it kind of allowed me to drop those like walls that I had of like oh nobody else thinks this is a big deal or nobody else like you know and he really allowed me to kind of like love those weird parts of myself and to show me that it's okay to love those weird quirky parts of myself um so I'm really grateful for that relationship because it did open that up for me in order to like allow myself to love myself deeper because this other person was loving me I was like it almost gave me permission to love myself on a deeper level because somebody else was doing that. Um, so I'm really grateful for that, that relationship. And in my second relationship, I'm really grateful for having um, like 
it was a very different relationship. This is going to sound weird. It wasn't a very sexual relationship. Like we did fool around and stuff, but like for the most part, it was a very like, like mind relationship. Like we just loved to talk to each other and like have that. Um, and so I was grateful for that because it kind of reminded me that like, there's more to a relationship than just the sexual aspects. Like it does need to be a better balance than it was. That's for sure. Um, but it kind of reminded me that it's like, oh yeah, like you can have all of this like good juicy stuff and like talk about these amazing deep concepts and still have like some sort of a sexual like thing. Like it doesn't have to just be sexual or just be romantic. It can be that balance. And it kind of took me further into that understanding of like, I want to have somebody who is like my best friend. They're not my best friend because I think you definitely need to have those people in your life to have those different experiences. Um, but like your partner, the person with you should be one of your best friends because like you're going to hang out with them all the time. Like, is that not what a best friend is? And then mm -hmm. the sex and the sexual stuff is all extra like good stuff too. Like mm -hmm. it all needs to be well-rounded in there. So looking back, those are probably some of the biggest things that I'm grateful for in my dating relationships. Um, mm -hmm. What about you guys? What about you, Michael? Oof. Um, well, I mean, kind of what I said earlier, which is, you know, putting me, <clears throat> putting me on the path to, to where I am now, right? Like, like you said, learning that self-love, I, I wouldn't have been here had it not been for that, that moment. Like I can drop a pin exactly on the place and time where I just said, okay, that's it. This has got to change and my life took a different trajectory. So Granted, he didn't know he was doing that, of course, but um, I'm thankful for that. I think each each of my partners, long-term, or even the guys that I've just dated, even if it wasn't anything like a relationship, they've all taught me something, right? They've all they've all contributed in some way to, to where I am now um, in, in how I, how I love, uh, how I attach, uh, even sexually, right, to some extent. They've all taught me a little something, something. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's it's... I used to take things for granted. And that's another thing. I think the question is, what are you grateful about? I think one thing is I used to take things for granted. And, and now with my current partner, I'm very much grateful every day and every moment, because if there's anything I've learned, I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And so every day that I, we are together, even the days that I'm not too happy with him are, I'm still grateful for him. I'm still grateful for, for us. And so that's been, that's been very nice um, to have that sense of, enjoy it for what it is in the moment because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow i would also say we talked a little bit about uh friendships and um my best friend was initially my boyfriend and we were together for i think three years three or four years one of those Not, i don't remember it's a long time ago but we were together for a long time and and we had that instance where we did have a, a clean cut uh initially um, and then he, he was away, he went away and, you know, we were just physically apart. And then when he came back, we we're like, Hey, do you want to hang out? Like, you know, you're, you're the kind of person, like you were saying, Kellen, like he was my best friend and my boyfriend, but I didn't want to lose the best friend part. So we would still end up, you know, going to movies and doing stuff together and he'd come visit me in Toronto. And, you know, out of that became a friendship that has lasted 20 years now. Right. So there is something to say about, in some cases, this is not always the case, but in some cases, the, we've been able to maintain a friendship. And in, in my case with Sean, it's been because of our relationship, which is really weird to think about now. In fact, we're here in Puerto Vallarta and he's here with his partner and I'm here with my partner. And now we're, we're here with our separate partners. And it's just, you know, it, it's, it's great. It's, it's really nice to have, uh, to have that. So I'm very grateful for that. Um, and then everything I've learned about myself which we've kind of alluded to a bit, right? Like I've learned so much about myself. You know, Matt talked about attachment styles. I didn't even know what that shit was until I was in a relationship and I learned, oh shit, I'm very much anxiously attached to this guy over here. And how can I move towards, you know, a more secure attachment and what are the things I need to do? So, you know, each relationship, as I said, has taught me something. And I think it's been very helpful in getting to know me, right? Like the course that we're building is, is all about that. And I think it's super important that you get to know yourself, not that you have to reach some kind of level of like destination where, okay, now I can go into a relationship, but I think it, all of our relationships are mirrors as we talk about. And in that 
relating with another, you know, I know what work I need to do. I'm like, oh shit, you just triggered something really deep for me. <laughs> so now I gotta, I gotta look at that, right? So I think those are those are the the most. I'd say the most important lessons are the things I'm most grateful for. So question, you know, the last question kind of goes into this. I'm, I'm very grateful for the learning. Uh, and I'm, I've just been very lucky as I think back to all these guys, I've just been very lucky. They're all, they're all great guys in their own way. I, you know, I love them today from a distance <laughs> and I will always thank them for, for uh, being part of my life, part of my journey. I think there's so many great memories there and I'm very fortunate. So yeah. I'm thankful for all of them. Mm. How about you, Matt? Yeah, I think I'll second the last point because I think I, that's so true for me too is um, just being really grateful for all five of my relationships because they've taught me what I want and they've taught me what I don't want. So now I'm very, very clear about what it is that I need from a partner. Um, and I'm just, I couldn't be more grateful because I do think that the next relationship is going to be a keeper because I won't settle for anything less, right? I'm very content being single. Um, so I'm not going to get into a relationship just for the sake of getting into one. I want to make sure that there's a lot of alignment and I'm going to take it quite slow. This next one. I just know that that's going to be necessary for me. Um, one thing that stood out when I kind of was, you know, taking a trip down memory lane is um, great sex. <laughs> I had great sex with all my partners. I've never been, I've never dated a guy that I haven't had amazing sex with. So I have a lot of really beautiful sexual memories that I can um, tap into and, and um, explore because I've uh, really enjoyed that. I think lovemaking for me is just something that's so beautiful and I, I am demisexual. So like when I am really connected to somebody and I have great sex, it's like soul kind of sex, you know? Um, so that's very meaningful to me. Um, the next one was they showed me what needed healing. Um, I'm again, so grateful for that because every relationship I've had has been, well, and not just intimate, all relationships are, they've been mirrors to my own shadows and to the things that I've needed to integrate. So, so much gratitude for each of my partners for, for triggering the shit out of me because you've helped me grow. <laughs> so thank you. Um, I learned how to love myself like big in such a big way by, by feeling unloved. I learned how to love myself. And by saying a feeling, that's my perception. That does not mean that they didn't love me. That's just how I needed to perceive it in order to grow. Um, so again, thank you for that. Um, a lot of fun and playful experiences. I, I'm not a, I'm, I'm quite serious and people know me as more serious. And I'm always talking about spirituality and psychology, but I have a very fun and playful nature. And, but I only bring him out um, when I feel super trusting and safe with people. And um, usually with my partners, I get to that point. And so just feeling like I can just fully let go and like be playful and silly and goofy and, you know, singing in front of them and doing all the, the, the crazy things that I do, because I'm definitely a crazy Gemini. I know Michael can probably relate to that. Uh, we have a very crazy side. <laughs> um, so being able to share that with somebody has been really important. Um, and then the last thing is I've become an exceptional communicator. And it's, there's a style of communication that I needed. And it was vulnerable communication, because I needed to learn how to talk about my fears and my insecurities because a, I, in my personal opinion a relationship cannot thrive unless you're you're owning those parts and you're practicing radical honesty and transparency and I had such a low self-worth that even the thought of telling them about my fears and insecurities I was like no way like I'm not going to bring that stuff up because then they're going to see me for how I feel and I didn't want that and I think through each relationship I learned how to start to communicate these things and um, it's through communicating my fears and my need and my insecurities that I learned what my needs were too and then once I learned what my needs were I could start communicating those so then I could get my needs met which again is something that was very foreign to me so um I feel like now I'm at a really beautiful place where it's like I'm prioritizing prioritizing my needs and I feel worthy to have my needs met and it just feels really, really nice to be at this place. So, yeah. Nice. I love that. Mm -hmm. Ah, I love you guys. <laughs> I also love that we're all in like different parts of like, you know, those journeys and like we've watched each other go through different parts of those journeys. Yeah. And so this is a, this is a really interesting 
really interesting topic, really good topic to have covered. And I hope that everybody out there listening has gotten a lot out of today's uh, episode. Mm. Anybody got any last minute things they want to add into it before we finish up here? Uh, no, I'm good. Nice. All right. Well, if you've enjoyed this episode of Gaming Going Deeper, please consider subscribing to whatever podcasting platform you listen to. If you listen on Apple iTunes, give us a five star. Oh, and also Spotify added star ratings. So you can give us five stars over there as well. Uh, leave a comment. We love to read them. You can also do that over on our YouTube page. Um, so if you're watching this on YouTube, hit that subscribe button and that little bell. We release new episodes every Thursday. It'll notify you and give us thumbs up. Leave us comments. We love reading those at the beginning of each and every episode and like I said before and like we've talked about we do have a new relationship course coming out so if you're curious about that go to gaymengoingdeeper.com and you can join us in the membership get you know familiar with how everything rolls before we release the course in there for you or you can just join our email list and we'll be letting everybody know when that course comes out so looking forward to seeing you all in there have the best day ever peace love rainbows and we will catch you next time everybody Bye.